rolling right along here. Hour two of On the Block, half an hour from our weekend. Husker Alumni Weekend for basketball. If you're at the game, say hi to Strick. You'll be there. Say hi to Strick and the crew. In the building. Absolutely. Uh, we welcome in now on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Evan Bland, who we normally talk to on Wednesdays. But Evan had uh, bigger, more important people to talk to on Wednesday, and we're glad to pick his brain about that now. Evan, you were part of a sit-down with, with Matt Rule that you and some uh, of your coworkers at the Omaha World Herald did. What were your big takeaways from that conversation uh, you were able to have with Matt Rule? Yeah, it was a good chance to, you know, first of all, just kind of meet him in a little bit of a less official setting with all the, uh, you know, cameras and, and, and sort of the intensity that a press conference can bring. So it was good to just kind of get, you know, I think more than anything caught up on what off-season conditioning has been like, what the next month has in store for the program before spring practices begin. And it's it's just it, they're in an interesting spot right now because a lot of the dust has settled on recruiting and the portal. Uh, the staff hires are are essentially in place, and so now you're in this period of time before you put on the pads and get rolling. Where you know the coaches are still learning the players, that the culture is being established uh, with these mat drills, which are you know essentially a lot of these team based competitions. Um, where if a guy makes a mistake, everybody starts over, and it's, it starts to build that shared adversity that a lot of your better teams would have out there. Um, so it's it's sort of this this acclimation process that's going on. You know, I, I, I'm I was curious to to hear his thoughts on just guys that are interesting to him because this is a staff that's coming in with fresh eyes that has its own way of evaluating players and uh, abilities and all that, and so you know, somebody getting their first sense of what, you know, a different player could be like is fascinating to me. He mentioned Blaze Gunnerson first as, as a guy uh, who he was just fascinated by watching on film. And, and he's gone back and watched all the stuff, all the, the spring practices from last year, uh, the, the training camp stuff, all the games from last season, off-season workouts, which is different, right? Like you think about other new coaches that have come in at Nebraska and they say, you know, the past was the past and, and I'm just going to, sort of go off of what I see now and everybody starts fresh. Well, you know, Matt Rule, I think, shares that belief to a point, but he also does want to go back and uh, get a better sense for where these guys are coming from, what they were taught, how they were trained, to maybe help smooth the transition to whatever the new staff's going to be teaching. So it was just a really interesting time uh, with a staff that's very confident in its abilities. Um, certainly Matt Rule is confident in his philosophy and his approach um, and, and sort of meshing that with this idea that he's still learning Nebraska the place and he's still learning the players that he's inherited. So he mentioned Blaze Gunnerson, like you said. Who are some other guys that you think could benefit from a change in staff, whether that's you know, a new head coach to connect with them better or maybe the position level? Who, who are some of those guys that you think a fresh start could be beneficial for? Well, I mean, you can go a lot of different directions. I think the running back room is really interesting. I mean, Gabe Urban's another name. That's come up. That came up uh, in our talk and has come up in his press conferences before, where he's just really impressed by his speed. And I don't know that that I would necessarily have said that Gabe Urban was one of the fastest guys on the team, just from what we saw what we saw from him in games. So that's a fascinating one to me. I think Ramir Johnson is another interesting one. You think about how he's gone from receiver to running back, and uh, another guy who has that straight line speed uh, just hasn't always maybe been in in the spot to succeed. Like you think about 
how many games last season did we think, man, he got two or three touches and they were pretty good, and that was it. So, like, I think he's another interesting one. Uh, you know, Rule conveyed that Tommy Hill is back on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about how he was a starter at corner and then switched over to receiver. He'd done both in high school. Uh, you know, what what can his vision be? Is it as a straight corner again, or is it something else? Maybe a nickel, or, or who knows? So, you know, I think that's a, a few guys, but it's just the, the, the approach that the staff has to finding positions for guys is really interesting to me because you look at, you know, Matt Rule's tenure history as a head coach. He did it at Temple. He did it at Baylor where he would take a guy who, you know, maybe he'd flip sides of the ball. Maybe he would, uh, you know, go from, from linebacker to like a, a defensive end type. Like there are just a number of examples in his career where he or his staff would look at a player and said, let's try it somewhere else and see what happens. And a lot of times, what happened was they became starters and got drafted into the NFL. So, you know, if the notion is that Nebraska has recruited well and has talent on the roster, then, you know, I think part of what, what Matt Rule has called the magic of the staff can be finding a way to get those guys on the field and in positions where they can be as efficient, um, you know, as their potential would say. So I think that's really interesting right now, sort of the evaluation process. And then what that looks like in the spring as those experiments start taking place will be really fascinating to follow. One more football question for you, Evan. Uh, Alante Brown, Hunter Anthony, no longer on the roster. Did you get any sense of why those two players left the program from Matt Rule, or uh, did that not come up? You know, we spoke with him before that sort of had emerged, um, you know, as something that we knew about. So, You know, nothing official out of that. I can just say, you know, you think about a guy like Hunter Anthony, who's already played five years of college football. Sometimes guys just move on. And so I don't know for him if it was anything more than that. Elante Brown, you know, you you get the sense that the door would still be open for a potential return. He's not enrolled in classes right now. I mean, you you know, again, I don't know anything uh, specifically but you can kind of look at some different aspects of that decision, whether that be a lot of the additions that were made to the receiver room, or you just look at other examples. Um, you know, you think about Xavier Betts and, and how last year he left the team just because that just wasn't a priority to him anymore. And he had other things that he wanted to explore and, and football wasn't, wasn't number one. So I don't know for Alante, you know, kind of which direction that was, but it does sound like, it was a situation where it was not Nebraska running him off or anything like that. And, and it sounds like, you know, if he's amenable to returning at some point in the future, you can't rule that possibility out. Talking to Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald, flipping our attention now to baseball. Husker baseball gets its season underway today. Uh, the Huskers playing on the road at San Diego. And Evan, when I look at Nebraska's non-conference schedule, you see the big dogs, you see Mississippi and you see Vanderbilt, but it, as a whole, doesn't seem like as strong, like a, a you know, top tier non-conference schedule. Still good, but not as, you know, maybe tough across the board as we've seen other years. How do you break down Nebraska's non-conference opponents and how, how that uh, will, will help the Huskers as they get into Big Ten play later on? Well, yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of ways it's similar to what we've seen from Nebraska baseball in the past where, uh, like most northern teams, you have to go on the road those first few weekends before the weather warms up. And, you know, fair, unfair, or whatever, uh, the fact is, like, how you start in those first few weeks are really huge in determining 
your RPI baseline and the margin for error that you have going into the Big Ten. And the fact of the matter for Nebraska is the Big Ten has been right around the seventh or eighth best conference in college baseball the last handful of years. And so if you start slow these next few weeks, it's really difficult to make that up in terms of landing some sort of at-large bid or getting a resume for the NCAA tournament. And so if you if you put yourself in a hole, then you, you kind of set the stage for a situation where you have to win the Big Ten tournament or just you know go on, on a crazy run where you're stockpiling wins. And so these first few weekends are, are really critical. We look at a team like San Diego, which is supposed to be you know, finish first or second maybe in the West Coast Conference. You have South Alabama the next weekend, which uh, has had good seasons of late. And then, like you mentioned, the big series or the big showcase weekend at, at Minneapolis. You know, if you can win, you know, half of those games a little bit more when you're on the road and, and you haven't, you know, had a chance to, to sort of um, – get into a rhythm yet like that's that's really big in terms of of setting yourself up for the future and it's not just nebraska incidentally like it's this is a huge few weeks for the big 10 at large which has scheduled some pretty tough opponents and so it it can do itself a lot of favors if it wins some games these next few weeks if it doesn't um then you know you're probably going to see a conference like last year that's maybe a two possibly a three bid league into the ncaa tournament so it, it is early. I know a lot of people don't turn their attention to college baseball, maybe until after the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, but these are really important weekends as you start to form early opinions, uh, you know, for who could be a postseason contender. Speaking of postseason contenders in the Big Ten, uh, the preseason rankings uh, from the league are out. It's Maryland, Rutgers, Iowa, one, two, three, then Illinois, Nebraska, Indiana, four, five, and six. It's weird to see Indiana that low. They haven't, you know, been nearly successful the last few years, which is weird for a program that really kind of ran the Big Ten was at the top when Nebraska came into the league. But absent from the top six in the preseason poll, Evan, is Michigan. And, of course, they lose their head coach to Clemson. What do you make of the position that those two programs are in? Well, yeah. I mean, Michigan has been... It's interesting you mentioned Indiana. Like the Big Ten, sort of had uh, these handful of teams sort of run the program for a while. I mean, or run the conference for a while, where it was Indiana in the mid 2010s, and then it, it uh, you know, it was sort of Michigan these last handful of years. Of course, they went to the College World Series final in 2019, uh, and now it sort of seems like Maryland is that team. I think they're pretty pretty clearly the number one team in the conference in terms of what they have coming back and what they did last year and those sort of things, but. You know, it, it is interesting for Michigan because Eric Bagich is at, is at Clemson, like you mentioned, and, and you bring in a, a pretty solid coach in Tracy Smith. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of their best players have moved on. They, they have a handful of seniors who were steady contributors on last year's team, but a lot of the pitching has turned over. And it's just it's a much different team, much different program. And so, you know, the, the goal for, for that program under Eric Bagich had been to not just be a one-hit wonder in 2019 and to build on that, and they had. Uh, but it is. It's going to be a different team this year. I'll be curious to see if it's as power-heavy as last year's team was. Uh, their best teams have, have been dominated by uh, really strong pitching as well, and you just you just don't know. Like uh, You look up and down the Big Ten, and outside of Maryland, Iowa, um, and I would say I would throw in Nebraska in that, in that category. Outside of those three teams, you just wonder – how the pitching will come together. And it's such a wild card. And, and, and if you have it, it's such a luxury to have that, that trust in a guy to go out there on a Friday and maybe a Saturday to 
get you a win. But yeah, it, it is interesting to see Michigan not in there for what it's worth. You know, Nebraska fans will recall that when Nebraska ran away with the title in 21, uh, they weren't in the top six. And then in 22, they were the favorites from the coaches. And of course they don't make the big 10 tournament, uh, even in the top eight. So you, know, you got to take those polls a little bit with a grain of salt, but I think it just underscores how volatile and unpredictable this league can be year to year. What constitutes a successful season for Nebraska? Is it just getting back to the Big Ten tournament? Is it finishing top four, you know, getting in the top half of that bracket? With all the turnover, with all the change, but in, like you said, a weaker league overall, what's a successful season for Nebraska this year? Well, you, you kind of look at both of the extremes where internally you talk to the coaches and the players and the expectations they set is to host an NCAA regional. And that's hard to do, right? 16 teams do that every year. Uh, Nebraska hasn't done it since 2008. So that's a pretty high standard. On the other hand, you know, like we mentioned, you look nationally at some prognostications and people have Nebraska finishing, you know, fifth, sixth in the Big Ten. You make the tournament, but probably not in the conversation for a regional. Um, you know, I, I personally would probably split the difference on that somewhere. I think... Nebraska has the the talent, the resources, the support to contend uh, to be to be at the at the worst a bubble team in the in the NCAA tournament. Um, and for what it's worth, I mean, you talk about the importance of these first few weekends. Typically, when Nebraska is in that regional conversation, you know it early on. I mean, they'll pick up a win against a pretty good team. You think about how they upset a top five Texas Tech team. In 2019, or they beat a, a ranked Arizona team in 2017, um, like they, they flash early. And so I think that'll be interesting to see. But it does, I think the schedule is strong enough to where you're, you don't have to win the Big Ten tournament to get that automatic bid. Um, and, and, again, Nebraska had a down year last year, but I think you have to, as a program, at least bounce back to the point to where you are in that postseason at-large conversation and then you let the chips fall where they may with injuries and how the ball bounces in certain ways and things like that. But I think that should be the floor for this program most years, which is uh, contending among that top four in the Big Ten, uh, playing for something meaningful into May, and then you just kind of go out and see what happens. That season starts tonight, Nebraska baseball, 8 o'clock first pitch at San Diego, uh, the Huskers and the Toreros. Evan, uh, are you in sunny San Diego or snowy San Diego of the Big Ten for this one? Yeah, San Diego, the Big Ten this ah. weekend. Austin. I, I wish I was out there uh, partaking in some in and out and and uh, you know doing that sort of thing, but hanging at home. All right. Well, uh, enjoy the games, Evan. We'll look forward to reading your coverage all season on Omaha.com, and we'll uh, catch up with you after this series next week. All right. Thanks, guys. It's Evan Bland of the Omaha World here with a great look at Husker Baseball. Again, check Evan's workout at Omaha.com. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter as well. We'll step aside. We'll keep the best athletes of the conversation lifetime going in the crossover. Uh, might have Jay Foreman tapping in, but at the very least, I know DP's in the building. So we'll cross it over with the old school crew right after this.